Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Bean, and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. In this episode, we're going to be covering your team of instructors and some different systems to set them up for success. Before we get into it, let's kind of cover some different terminology that we're going to be using and how it relates to the hierarchy that we have for us on the training floor. So we have junior team members, and a junior team member is uh, somebody that's not quite old enough to be on a uh, as a paid staff member. These might be people that are in your advanced classes that come and help with the beginners class. Maybe they're they're here to help with the class before theirs. Um, junior team members are pretty well the the foundation of where ideally the instructor will have started from and progressed through all of these and and end at head instructor or at least instructor but junior team member would be the first layer to that after junior team member we have assistant instructor assistant instructor is not somebody that's licensed as an instructor they haven't ta- uh, taken the test to pass and, and and become a full instructor maybe they're not old enough or maybe they don't have enough time in but a assistant instructor is somebody that is on the floor they um, can certainly lead a, a team, a belt group in the class. Um, from time to time, they may lead sections of the class, but perhaps not a full class. Moving to the next step would be instructor. This person's licensed as an instructor. They've met the requirements. They've taken the test. They've passed. They are a full instructor. At the full instructor, uh, they can teach a class, the whole class. They obviously can do all the things below as well, uh, but again, they can also teach the entire class. The head instructor, head instructor is kind of the manager that is in charge of all of those things below it. So the head instructor uh, is the person that's writing the lesson plans. He's setting up the the class schedules. Um, also is is the person who's kind of in charge of the on the floor type questions. If if something how a move is supposed to be done, how how should we be teaching this move? When when does this move get introduced into the in, into the class? that's the head instructor's job so of course and of course that head instructor can do everybody else's job uh that's just the the top of the, of the iceberg as it were do you have anything to to add to that sir no sir obviously it'll look different for other people but that's the way we break it down and you know having those different levels is important because then we can understand hopefully by the time they make it from that junior level to the next level to assistant they've had or met the requirements as you said of of knowledge and and time on the floor and ability and then you know again from the next level assistant to a certified instructor then there's another amount of time that's passed if they've done their test they've known certain things so it's just a, it's a nice way for us to be able to section things off and track their development um, as they are continuing to learn and grow uh, as a team yeah you know on top of that having a, a hierarchy in place like that too also lets everybody know where they should go to for their questions. And so if you have a question, if you have a loose outline of everybody is just sort of the same level and, and you can go to this person or this person and this person and get an answer and those three different people you go to are going to give you perhaps different answers. Um, it's not the best kind of system or, or, or hierarchy to have in place. So to have some sort of hierarchy in place that is is helpful and and everybody knows kind of where they stand and the path that they need to go through in order to get to the next level in that hierarchy, I believe is, is 
immensely important on the training floor. Right. Yeah. I think as generally good people and, and generally good martial artists, it's obviously not a hierarchy, a hierarchy to be used, um, in a bad way in the sense that, you know, I'm an instructor and I'm going to lord that over the assistant instructors and the junior team members, or, you know, even as an assistant instructor, lord that over the junior team members. It's not that kind of hierarchy where it's like, okay, well, we're going to do it this way because I said, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a higher rank of instructor than you are and so on and so forth, but more of a sense of giving them something to work toward. But then, like you said, also understand who to go to in certain scenarios or who is capable of certain things at, at certain times. Yes, sir. Today, we're going to be covering your team of instructors and some different systems that we can put in place to help set them up for success. Understanding the cycle of instructors. The business that we're in, you will see many instructors and team members come and go. Sure, you may have one or two that stays the long haul, but understand that they will be the anomaly. Often the reason for this is simply because they go off to college. So on, on, in a normal type situation, you might have a turnover of staff or team members or instructors about five years or so. So you have that person for five years before they leave the college or they, they, they move on to do something different. Five years generally, okay? If you have that same team for five years, you need to be thinking about some replacements at the about the four-year mark, maybe even the three-and-a-half-year mark, just to kind of get that next team set up and groomed and, and ready so that when inevitably, inevitably that first team leaves, you have their backups, their replacements. They're ready, trained, and, and, and ready to step on the floor in their shoes. Setting up a system to help cultivate the next round of team members will be an important step for your school. Of course, you always need to be seeking to improve both yourself and your team. Uh, you want the next team to be even better than the team that you have today. A great way to start this system is by setting up an, an a insistent program, an instructor, assistant instructor program, or a junior team member program. This will help to lay the foundations for your next team members. If you always have a selection of assistant instructors to pull from to eventually become uh, junior team members, and then to become full-time team members, you'll have a great pool to always choose from. If somebody's sick or somebody can't make it in, you always have somebody there that can kind of fill the shoes to make sure you have a full boat of instructors whenever you need them. A great part of having these junior team members is you can have them on the floor helping with classes, grooming them, teaching them how you want them to help you. They will also be in the classes to help assist with the classes. So they're on the floor. They're learning how to effectively and efficiently help with the classes and aid in your teaching. But on top of that, they also are filling in a place for a team member on the floor. They're doing at least, you know, let's say 15 or 25% of what a, a full-time team member would be doing. And that will be a great stepping stone for them to be learning how to do those things. That way, inevitably, when it comes time for them to be a full-time team member, they have already done those things. They already have the ideas, the mindsets, and, and, and the path to follow because they've already been doing it. One of the best ways to learn anything is by doing. So having these junior team members on the floor will give you better, better insight to not only uh, who 
should be on the next team, but also how to help to set them up for success when they become a team member. Talking more about setting up a junior team member program, we've mentioned this in several previous episodes, just how it ties into helping the, 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 the classes flow better and helping the structure of what we do here and there. But um, in this program, it's important that you want to be able to cover all the areas of what a new team, team member needs to be proficient in. So you need to cover all the things you need to be really good at and give them both instructional guidelines on how to teach individual moves as well as the systems and protocols that you have in place. Remember that uh, the more time you invest in this area now, the better your next team will be. Perhaps you start your junior team member um, by learning how, teaching them how to assist you with the lowest belt level. So we'll we'll start with the white belts. So we start by teaching them how to help out um, whoever is instructing or teaching, leading the white belts. And starting them from the beginning like this will be helpful for a couple of reasons. You will always have new students coming in, and it will be helpful to have junior team members or debt to assist you with those new students. It will also be important to start your team members at the beginning so they have a strong foundation of both what is expected from them, and it will allow them to start from the beginning uh, by learning how you would like them to help you and how to teach those beginning moves. I recommend you have this team member test on their knowledge um, pretty consistently, pretty, pretty normally. Having monthly tests to ensure that they know how to teach, how to hold pads, as well as other protocols and those systems that we mentioned uh, that are an important part of our programs. If you require them to test over this information, you'll be putting some stress on them and some importance, as well as a hierarchy to this program. As your junior team members progress through this program, they will be able to assist you with higher belts. So you start at that lower level, and then you work your way up from white belt to the next belt to the next to the next to the next, covering that uh, foundational information and covering those, those things that are important to know. You can have this information as an online class for the team, or you can have weekly or monthly meetings where you hold a seminar of sorts for them. As you're going through this program, you want to have the junior team members sign up for the classes they will be assisting. This will hold them accountable, and you'll be able to rely on them coming and assisting you on the floor. When inevitably you have an opening on your team, you'll have that list of qualified assistant or junior team members uh, to choose from to help fill that space. Setting up your head instructor for success. Your head instructor is your right-hand person, or perhaps your left-handed person if you're left-handed. They need to be able to run the classes and lead the other team members. They are in charge of all of the teaching responsibilities. If you fail to set them up for success, you will be hurting both them and you. The head instructor needs to have room to make mistakes and deal with the consequences of those mistakes. Just like your students, if you hold the head instructor's hand, they will not have an opportunity to come up with solutions to teaching issues they come come across. Giving them parameters and let them work within those parameters, I believe, is a, a good way to achieve success in setting up your head instructor. Have progress checks and inspect what you expect. Be ready to take the necessary actions if or when things go sideways. As the owner, see potential problems coming down and let your head instructor deal with them if you think they can deal with those. You have to use some discretion there. If, you, if it's too big of an issue or you think you need to head it off before it gets to them, 
then do that. If you can see that problem coming, you have an opportunity to think some different ways, some different paths that it could take, sit down with your head instructor and talk to them, get some feedback on how they would move on or how they would deal with whatever the situation is. And then you guys can come up as a team, collaborate together with the best choice. Or if you think they can handle it, let them handle it and then check in and see how, you know, how the progress went after the fact. If you just step in every single time there is a problem or every time you have an opportunity to step in to handle those situations, your head instructor is not going to be able to do those things on their own. They're going to wait for you to step in every single time there's a problem because you've done that over and over and over again. So you've taught them over and over and over again. Every time there's a problem, oh, I'll step in and fix it. Oh, I'll step in and fix it. So be able to take a step back and let your team handle the situations that come their way. If the situation arises that that doesn't happen or that can't happen, then you can step in, but be careful not to do it every single time because they're not going to be learning how to handle those situations from that. If you think the problem will cause uh, loss of students or potentially harm somebody, then perhaps you need to step in and take an action. And maybe your action is you talk to the head instructor and say, Hey, listen, I see this is going to be happening you need to do something about it. And that's, that's, that's all the action that you need. That person has the tools at their disposal. They can handle that situation. Great. That means you set them up for success. Good job. Thumbs up for you. This can be a difficult thing. However, giving them the responsibility to deal with those situations on their own, letting your team run the day-to-day -day actions is a challenge. Even if you have trained them well, not being there and the thought of somebody else taking charge can be scary. However, if you are always there on the teaching floor doing everyone's job, not letting them make the choices to solve the problems that happen, then who's doing your job? Who's doing the owner's job? As the owner, you have a wide range of things that are within your responsibility. And we're going to go through a couple of those in a minute, but you have a wide range of things that are in your responsibility. So if you are in classes day to day, teaching all of the classes and doing all everybody else's job, then either you're not sleeping because you have a, a mountain of other things to get through, or you're letting some of the maybe more important things from your job aspect slide by because you're doing everybody else's job. So having a system in place, a, a team of instructors, a hierarchy on the training floor that allows you to kind of step back and take care of those, some, some of those other more important responsibilities or just different responsibilities that you know how to handle, that you can handle, is going to be important. As the owner, you can step in if and when you're needed, but you also, again, need to have the opportunity to fulfill your own responsibilities. As to what those are specifically, that's something you can come up for with a list of different things that you can do for yourself. I can give you a few ideas, but everybody's school is going to be different. Your responsibilities as the owner are going to be different and, and, and often perhaps uh, wildly different than the list that I'll give you. But some things that get kind of get you started on that list, marketing, right? So as the owner, you are the person kind of in charge of a marketing your program. Unless you have a team of, of a marketing team to do that for you, oftentimes that responsibility falls on the owner. Leadership training, meaning you are the one who is setting up the training uh, for your team members. 
unless you give that to somebody else, then having at least a system in place that your team can follow when you're not there, setting that up or starting that or kind of giving some guidelines of different things or different paths you would like your team to go down will be another responsibility for you. And, and this next one can be, again, somebody else's responsibility, but perhaps laying the groundwork and setting up your head instructor to do this in the initial phases will be important. And that's lesson plan and curriculum development. So if you have your head instructor do this and they have no guidelines, no, uh, no roadmap, no, no ideas from you to follow, it can often be wildly different than what you would like from your school. So again, in the initial phases, as you give that responsibility to the head instructor, give them some guidelines. Hey, listen, these are some ideas. These are some lessons that we've used in the past. I know it's not complete or you, whatever you have. Give them ideas and, and then, okay, here, this is what I would like from you. This, do this, do this, this, and this, and then give them that responsibility. But you need to be there as the first initial step to kind of get that ball rolling, to get that started. Opening a new location, right? As the, as the, as the owner, picking somebody to be in charge of that location, picking a place for that location, getting the ins and outs and the, and, and the, the process started and, and kind of kicked off so they can achieve success in that new location as you have in, in whatever other locations you have, again, can be a owner's responsibilities. And this is, um, again, doesn't, doesn't apply to everybody. Maybe you only just have one school. You only need to have one school. You only want to have. Okay, great. No problem. These are just ideas, just ideas that kind of get you thinking of different responsibilities that you can have as the owner. Another, another couple of ideas, setting up protocols for your team to follow, like what to do with trial students. What is a trial student, right? And then what do you do with a trial student in order to get them to become a, an active student or to become a client, whatever terminology you use, kind of have that system in place and devising how and what that looks like for your school. Following up with leads. Right? You have people that contact you, hey, I want to do karate. And then they, you know, of course, they never answer their phone. They, you know, you can't email them. They can't text message them. They never respond back. You know, how many times should you be reaching out to them? Those are, again, different steps and protocols that as the owner that you can take charge of. Get that system going. And then once that system is in place, just like many of these other ones, once the system is in place, then you can just go check in. Okay, how's this going? Okay, great, good. Or once the system is in place, then you say, okay, now that this is all set, if you have any questions, go to the head instructor. He'll be able to answer, or she will be, they will be able to answer your question. And then, of course, then you have to have the protocol in place for the head instructor to be able to answer those questions. Closing sales. What is your, what is your, your, um, your sales process look like? How do you, would you like your team to be closing those sales? What does that, what, what does that look like for your school? What are those systems or protocols that you want or need or, or would like your team to be following? Having an online curriculum and, and getting that set up or started. Again, many of these things are just processes to get started. Once they're started, then you can get, deliver them or, or have them finished or completed by somebody else on your staff. And then once they're completed, then you have 
either an opportunity for you to go in to check in just to make sure those things are being ran the way you want them to be, or you give that responsibility to the head instructor or to the, the office personnel, whoever it is, but to be able to answer those follow-up questions. Setting up any automations in your system. Right now, we live in a day and age that computers, tablets, you know, phones, whatever, they can do lots of things on their own. And if you have somebody that contacts you and you want you know, an automation, something to automatically happen, and then from there, then the next step in the automa uh, automation happens and the next step and so on, but setting up what that looks like, giving like a, a mind map of what that looks like from your trial students to your active students to, to your to your staff to your wh whatever whatever automations um, could be helpful for your school kind of going through the process of thinking about and creating and developing some of those I believe you should no matter what what level you you fall at on this on this hierarchy where you're a junior team member or you're the head instructor or the owner you should always be striving to work yourself out of a job the more responsibility that you can entrust to your team, the further you can look ahead and see what's coming next. But being able to give that responsibility, of course, is the challenging part to that. If you can do that, that will equal more freedom for you, as well as more opportunity to grow your school and your team. I like that you tied that last part into any level because as you're you're talking about someone's head instructor setting up your head instructor for success and letting them deal with issues as they arise or having to step back and watch how they uh, interact with situations that you know aren't are, are, are less than desirable is something you can do at different levels too you know so if I'm an assistant instructor and I'm working with a junior team member and I have them in charge of the group that we're running together, you know, I'm standing there and letting them lead things. I'm not going to hold their hand as they do it. I'm going to let them figure it out and deal with things. And even if I know, you know, something might go wrong, I let it go wrong and let them deal with it. That way they can have that experience and learn what to do in those situations. Of course, if you think it's going to cause the loss of students or someone's going to get hurt, then you need to step in preemptively and, and stop that from happening if you know it's going to happen. But, you know, let them experience those those the ups and the downs, the failures and the successes. And in the end, that's only going to make them a better team member, which in the end is only going to make your team better as well. So, you know, as, as much as that pertains to a owner passing responsibility to a head instructor, it also pertains to any level of the, of the, the teaching hierarchy. Yes, sir. Obviously, we, we, we honed in on basically two different aspects of it, the beginning and the end. You know your junior team member, your junior team members, and your your head instructors. That was most of what we talked about. And you know, is that in between of when they start and when they get to that higher level? That a lot of it is that repetition. A lot of it is just hours on the floor. And a lot of it is just encountering different situations and learning how they can and better teach and learning how to interact with students and and do a lot of things. So you know, I wish there was a way I could say that. Yes, here is. Step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, so on and so forth, up to however many steps there is until you have a great instructor. But, you know, in reality, it just depends. And it's just a matter of time and a matter of experience and a matter of, of personal uh, development within, them, within themselves. You know, I can't give you a 12-step a program to make anybody a fantastic martial arts instructor. And as much as it pains me to say, some people just aren't cut out to be martial arts instructors, you know, and... 
as a owner or, or head instructor, whoever it is that deals with this process, you're going to experience failures. You're going to experience disappointments and letdowns and people are going to surprise you in good ways and in bad ways. And that's just part of dealing with people. So, you know, a lot of it is just going to be coming in day after day and putting the work in not only as the team member, but also as the person in charge of that team member and just getting the work done, you know, but as you guys know, in your own personal martial arts training, that's how you got to the position you're at now. You know, if you didn't come in every day and, and do things wrong and, and fail in some areas and do things hundreds and thousands of times, you wouldn't be where you are right now. So, you know, apply that same mentality and that same discipline, that same resolve to working with your team members. If you really want to have a good team, um, that's good. That's what it's going to take. You know, you can be content with just a mediocre team, but as we discussed, we all want to do better and we all want to be the best martial arts instructor in the world. And if you can instill that same mentality and that same drive into your team members throughout the process of their development, then you're going to have the best martial arts instructional team in the world as well. As always, you can find us on the internet in various different places. We're on Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, YouTube, and all of those places you can find us at MA Teaching Tactics. Oh, Twitter as well, yes. Uh, again, you can find us at MA Teaching Tactics. And uh, if you would like to reach out and you know you have a question for us or you would like us to tackle a topic, uh, you can check that or, or apply for those or ask us those questions. Uh, I think probably YouTube uh, would probably be the easier choice or if you or on, or on Reddit. Either of those I think would be good. I don't know if they can do that so much on Twitter or Instagram. You can comment oh, okay. on, on both of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you have, if you have ideas for future episodes or, or topics that you think we should cover, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, or if there's something that we've discussed that you have a different way of doing, we'd like to hear that too because – we say it all the time. It's like a disclaimer every single episode, but we're not saying we're doing things the best. We're not saying this is the only way to do things, but of course this is what we do and what we found to work. And we want to talk about that and share that. And if you have something different, something better, um, we want to hear that too, because maybe we can implement it ourselves to make us a better team and, uh, you know, grow the martial arts community as a whole. Yes, sir. Until next time, I'm Chris Bean. And I'm Chris Kent.